Welcome to the Easy Scaling Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shonda King, and together we'll be exploring how successful entrepreneurs are actually scaling to six figures and beyond. My goal is to bring you conversations that are honest and transparent and to share the real, raw, nitty-gritty details about what works and what doesn't. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about experimenting in your business. And I talk about this a lot. I feel like I talk about this constantly. Maybe you're sick of me talking about this. Well, I'm going to talk about it anyway, because it's that important. And I want to approach it a little bit differently than I usually do. So I feel like typically when I'm talking about experimenting in business, I'm I'm just generally talking about how I think it's really important. I personally have and still do on a regular basis experiment a lot in my business. And I I really believe that that is one of the reasons why we have scaled this business so quickly. And I think it's fun. I, I love it. And and really, like if we want to zoom out and and talk about experimenting in your business, I think it's important to always balance it with also being deliberate and doing planning and getting data and taking action in a way that makes sense. Like we don't want to always be winging it. We don't want to always be experimenting and throwing spaghetti at the wall and just flying by the seat of our pants, right? Like I think every entrepreneur knows that phase of business, knows (laughs) they know what that's like to approach their business from that perspective. And if you had to choose, yes, like we want to err on the side of taking action versus staying in planning mode for too long and allowing that to keep us from actually taking action and getting the data. But it is, it is a balance. We want to find the balance like everything. There's, there's moderation here that we want to find because we don't want to be doing it too much, but we also don't want to be planning too much. So we want to find this middle ground. I want to talk today about how to incorporate experimentation and messy action more into your business, more into your operations, more into your marketing, more into all of the things that you're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis in your business. And then I'll follow that up in another episode all about actually integrating planning more into your business. So we'll have these two different different pieces of the puzzle here, these two different sides that I think are equally as important. But today I just want to focus on experimentation and how you can incorporate that more into your business. So we've got a couple of of examples here that I actually want to run you through. This is just to like get you thinking about different things that you might be able to do, different areas of your business where you might be able to play with things, try things. And ultimately what I'm trying to get here, trying to get you to here is realizing and like fully integrating this concept that not everything in your business, not every decision, not every action or thing that you try needs to be treated like a life-changing decision. A lot of times when I'm working with clients, they're struggling with like, how should I do it? Or what's the right way? Or, you know, I've got these options. What should I, what should I go with? And I would say probably 90% of the time, my answer is, well, let's just try it. <laughs> let's just pick one and try it. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. Like I, I feel like a broken record a lot of times that I'm saying, I think either is fine. I think either could work and none of us can tell the future. So let's pick one and let's try it and let's get the data and let's see what happens. And that that approach to your business, that focus on experimentation, that that perspective is really freeing because it takes the pressure off of you 
to have to come up with the exact right thing at every moment, at every pivot, at every like inflection point in your business, you don't have to know the right thing. You just need to try something. Like if you have data, use the data that you have. If you don't, like you literally aren't going to know. So put it out there, try it, and then we can figure out if it works. If it doesn't work, we can go back to the drawing board and try something else, right? So you have to get comfortable with knowing that you don't actually know and just trying something and knowing that it's going to be an experiment. So these are some examples just to walk you through some of the ways that I experiment in my business, some of the ways that I that I frequently encourage my clients to experiment, experiment in their businesses. And hopefully you can get some, some ideas here, some encouragement, some inspiration, whatever, to help you experiment more in your business. So the first thing is to raise your prices, raise your prices. This does not have to be a monumental decision or shift or planned out effort. When I was first getting started in my business, I set my prices kind of on a whim. I think like most people do. And I then, once I started getting data, did some more quantitative assessment of my prices. And I've got a bunch of nerdy spreadsheets that I use and do price analyses with clients and all of those things now. But at the beginning, I didn't know. And and what I realized was it doesn't actually matter what what I think didn't actually matter what the data said and what the math said, because pricing is more complicated than that. It's not just about the value or it's not just about what people will pay. There's a big emphasis on confidence when it comes to pricing, especially when you're new. So you have to just put a price on something, try it out. You've got to feel good about it to sell it. And then you can always come back and raise your prices. And this is where I think people forget to come back and actually raise their prices. So they typically start with something lower than they should. I know I did. And then they never come back to raise it. And then it becomes this huge thing that's like, oh my gosh, raising my prices. It feels so intimidating. It's like such a big decision. What are all the things that they're going to do? How are they going to tell people? Like it does not have to be that complicated. So the approach that I took that I think is really, really easy and simple and fun is to every time you get a new client, you publicly raise your prices. Like it's that simple. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. You don't have to go raise your prices on all of your current clients. And we can have a discussion about that separately because sometimes that does need to happen as well. But public facing prices is super easy to experiment with. You can change it anytime, all the time, every week, every month, every quarter, every year, whatever, like whatever frequency makes sense. For me, early in business, every time I got a new client, my public facing prices were raised. And I experimented with that until I got to the point where I was like, okay, this feels really good. Like this feels like appropriate compensation. I'm excited to do the work. People are still paying it. This is where maybe things are going to level out. And I eventually got to the point where I wasn't, I wasn't really getting clients very easily anymore. So I decided to stick with that, bump it down a little bit and go back to the price where things felt easier and still felt good for me. So it's just an experiment. Have fun with it. Okay. Let's talk about another way to experiment more. So this comes up a ton. This comes up a ton because I work with a lot of coaches. I work with a lot of people doing one-on-one work. And oftentimes the biggest sticking point that they have, the biggest issue that they have that they're trying to solve in their business is how to serve more people, how to make more money, but they feel like they're already at their capacity, they're trading time for money, whatever it is, right? So a lot of the time, not every time, but a lot of the time, the solution to that is to create a group program or to create a course, something that's a little bit more passive, something that's more scalable. And I want to talk about this specific example, this idea, because 
it's, it's a really common thing that I see when people want to launch memberships or they want to launch group programs or they want to launch a course is they think that they have to have everything created, everything done, everything in its final form before they launch the idea, before they launch the program. And in my experience, that is actually the opposite of how you want to approach launching something new like this when you're going from one-on-one to scalable offer. So what I always recommend experimenting with is creating the container, creating the program, creating the offer, launching it and running it live first before you go to all of the work to create the materials, to create the course content, to create the slides, to create the videos, to create all of the different resources and materials that you know you want people to have inside the program. Do it live first. Do it live. If anyone knows what I'm talking about and referencing there, please DM me and we can chat. We can chat about it. If you don't, also DM me and I can send you the video. But we want to do it live. We want to do it live because what often happens, and this isn't a bad thing, but what often happens is we think we know exactly what our clients want and exactly what they need. But when we get into a group situation with them or an evergreen situation with them, we find that what they really need is just a little bit different. Sometimes it's a lot different, but usually it's just a little bit different than what we originally thought in our mind was going to be the thing. Like it could be, they could need to spend more time on a certain topic. They could need something that you didn't even think to include. They, there's all kinds of things that they could need. That's just a little bit different than your pre-planned content, your pre-planned course, your, you know, resource in its first iteration. And so you go to all of this time, all of this energy, all of this effort and probably money to put together the thing that you think is going to be its final form. You put together the videos, you put together the course, and then you launch it and people go through it and maybe they complete it. Maybe they don't. Maybe they still leave needing more. Maybe people aren't actually even interested in it because it's not actually what they need. I mean, there's so many things that can happen and you end up wasting time, effort, energy, money. And I don't want you to do that. So this is where experimentation can come in really handy because we can launch the thing, we can get people into it, and we can serve them in real time with the things that they actually need help with. And that doesn't mean it has to be totally unstructured, but maybe you plan your content. Maybe you're going to do a six-week course. Okay, great. Run it as a six-week live course where you're presenting the content to them in real time and you're getting feedback and you're adapting the content as you go. You're you're getting the questions from them and then you're giving them more information. Maybe you find halfway through that you thought week three was gonna be all about you know finding your ideal client. Well, they actually wanna spend the entire rest of the six-week course on that because that is the thing that they really need to solve or they can't quite wrap their head around it or it takes more time. Like Again, there are so many things that you can learn by by working in real time with a group of individuals. And then you use that information, you use that data and you use that time to actually co-create the content with them. And it saves you a ton of time and it creates a better product in the end. So this is one of my favorite ways to experiment. It's one of my favorite ways to take the pressure off and not force yourself to have to create the final product immediately right off the bat and, and get it get it perfect, right? So this is one of my favorite ways to experiment. Let's talk about another. Okay, I love this one. I I love this one because I do this a lot and that is to just play. Play with your marketing strategies. Play with your marketing tactics before you go all in on any particular strategy or tactic. I think this is particularly important in, in the online space when we have a lot of people all of the time telling us that 
they have the one solution for us. They have the information about the one way we need to do it that's going to work. And I see so many people going all in on something because they're told that it's the thing that's going to work. Or maybe they're not even told that. Maybe they just feel like that's the thing. That's the idea. That's the format or that's the platform or whatever it is that is going to work for their marketing. And they go all in on it. I spend a lot of money, maybe a lot of time, maybe a lot of energy, effort, all of the things again, and it doesn't work out. And and I'm not saying that that always happens. Sometimes it does work out. Totally, it does. But it can take the pressure off of having to get it right and having to have it work to like, you know, for the sake of your business, if you were to, if you were to just test it first. So I, I do a lot of this with my own marketing. I just play with things. I put ideas out there. I ask a lot of questions. I'll throw an offer out. I'll see what kind of response I get. I always test things. And this just recently happened. I'll give you a super concrete example because I think this can kind of be hard to wrap your head around. Very recently, I decided that I wanted to test a two-week trial of our membership. And so I was going to build out an entirely brand new funnel for this idea. I was going to record a masterclass, which meant I was going to have to script this masterclass. I was going to record it. I was going to build a brand new sales page. I was going to build, you know, promo emails and all of these things I was going to have to create from scratch. And I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Yes. Maybe we want to go all in on this idea, but why don't we test it first? and get the data. There's almost always a way that you can test it first. So for us, we had never done this two-week trial before. So a really, really easy way to test that is to put it out to your organic audience first. Or we also have ads running all the time. And so I could add that as an upsell to the end. So we're in the midst of testing this idea right now. We will then be able to gather all of the data and decide, does this actually make sense for us to pour our time, energy, and effort and money into building out this brand new funnel with the goal being to get people into a two-week trial of our membership. Wow, does that take the pressure off of me to have to know that this is a good use of our time? I can test it. I can test it and I can get the data. So that's exactly what I'm talking about here. I do the same thing with our podcast. I test new things all of the time. And instead of just, instead of feeling like this has to be set in stone and something super rigid that we're going to stick to forever. I play with ideas. I I play with the idea of, oh, okay, I'm going to do this type of solo episode and I'm going to see what the feedback is, or I'm going to play around with doing this mini series format, or I'm going to play around with doing this kind of frequency for these types of episodes. That is That is what can bring a ton of ease to your business is just experimenting with it, playing with it, and knowing that it doesn't have to be like that forever. So that's another another idea there. Now, the next one that I want to tell you about is around cutting things. So, so far, all of these ideas have been around trying new things and implementing new things, testing out new ideas, adding things on. I want to talk about experimenting with cutting things out because this, I feel like, is a very overlooked strategy when it comes to making your business easier, when it comes to being more profitable, when it comes to all kinds of things. When, when you want to optimize your business, sometimes people forget to just cut shit out. Okay. So again, experiment with it, play with it. It doesn't have to be the decision that sticks forever. You just have to try it. And sometimes that can be scary because we build, we build, especially a lot of our operation functions and our, a lot of our marketing tasks and our marketing duties, our marketing 
like responsibilities that we have in business or that our team has, we build them up to be very important. And we think, oh, well, if I stop doing that, like something's going to break or my business is going to fail or I'm not going to be able to get clients or we can tie up a lot of those worries into very small actions and decisions that we have in our business. And so one in particular that I just experimented with, and again, I'm still in the midst of this experiment is around my podcast show notes. So this is where it it becomes really important to listen to your gut. Listening to your gut is super important and really tapping into knowing what feels easy and what feels hard, knowing the things that you avoid and knowing the things that light you up. Like these, this dichotomy of how things feel in your business and, and on the one side feeling good and being easy. And then on the other side, feeling hard and being a drag and we avoid them. Like we need to learn to tap into those feelings. And when you can do that, you can start to see little things in your business that you can just cut out. Like, because a lot of times they probably aren't necessary. They're probably not serving you in the way that you think that they are, that you've built them up to, to, to represent. So for us, that was show notes. For me, that was show notes because I had always put a lot of pressure on our show notes being very detailed and very, a very literal representation of what someone would get in the episode. And so that meant that every time we did a podcast, I would listen to the entire episode and I would create the show notes. Now we can talk about me being a control freak another day. There's definitely an element of that going on here. But what I found was that it was creating these show notes. That was the biggest barrier to us actually getting ahead and batching our episodes. And it was really weighing me down. It was kind of like this thing on my to-do list. I'm sure everyone can resonate with this. It was this thing on my to-do list that I would see every day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done that. I need to do that. I don't want to do that. Like that that kind of uh, feeling. Like <laughs> I don't know what that sounds like, Mike. Probably not good. But it was that kind of like a drag on my energy. And it took me a really, really long time. This just happened recently that I decided we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to we're going to make this easy. And this is a question that I love to ask that can help that helps me experiment more in my business, which is asking myself, okay, what would this look like if this were easy? How can I make this easier? How can I take away the things that I don't like about this? And so all we did was I stopped listening to all the episodes. We stopped writing show notes and we put like one or two sentences in there, like a super brief description that usually I can pull straight from the intro that I do, or I can pull straight from our social team writing for the post that's going to go out with the with the episode or from some other source. It's not detailed. It's not comprehensive. I'm not giving you a play-by-play of what's actually included in the episode. And so far, we haven't seen any kind of like impact on our downloads or our messages about how much people love the episodes or whatever it is. All of the positive feedback that we get hasn't changed by not having really detailed show notes. And in fact, I've talked to several people about this since then. And every single one of them has said, oh, I don't ever even read the show notes. And so, wow, I was actually wasting a ton of time for no reason. So now that we're experimenting with it, very likely that we're going to stick with that. And we have evidence now that our business didn't break, our podcast didn't break just because we're not doing the show notes in the way that we were doing them before. So again, permission to cut things out of your processes, of your business or in your business, cut things out if it's draining you. Okay. Let's see. Do we want to cover one more? I don't think so. Okay. So there you go. 
Those are my ideas. I have lots of others, but maybe I'll save some of those for their own episodes. I think it's also really important to repurpose your assets and play with the different formats that your assets are in. I think it's also really important to play with your offer structures, but I think I'll definitely save that one for another episode because we can get really deep on offer structures. If you have any questions about that, let me know. Happy to incorporate it into an episode. And I hope this was helpful. I hope this gives you some kind of idea or inspiration or permission to do things differently, to experiment more in your business. I really hope that it's helpful. It was fun for me to talk about and always a good reminder for me to rethink how I'm doing things. Have fun with it. Keep it easy. Keep it light. Most of these decisions that we're making on a daily basis or as it relates to our marketing and our operations, most of them aren't going to break our business. Okay. So have fun and DM me if you want to chat. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Easy Scaling Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I will send you my 90-day planning formula. This is the same process that I use with all of my multiple six-figure clients to help them get organized, be more efficient, and scale faster. 